Welcome to another episode of Serve Denton Weekly, where every week we talk with local leaders who are on the front lines of solving Denton's most pressing issues. I'm your host, Ian Harbour, and we've got a great conversation for you today with Rachel Adetokunbo from Community Services, Inc. Right off the bat, you'll hear Rachel say that the goal at Community Services, Inc. is to declare war on poverty. Obviously, poverty is such a colossal issue, it can feel really overwhelming to tackle, but that's exactly what Community Services, Inc. does. They cover the spectrum of needs that keep people in poverty, and they provide the resources to help people out so they can get back on their feet. You'll hear the many ways that they make that happen, along with how complex poverty actually can be. I hope you get a lot out of this conversation the way I did. So let's hop right in. Enjoy. All right, so I am here with Rachel Adetokumbo, the Regional Manager of Region 2 of Community Services, Inc. And Rachel, I'm so excited you're on the show today. Awesome. I'm glad to be here, Ian. Thank uh, you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for you to get to talk about because I think, um, you know, what Community Services touches on is um, it's, a, it's a wide area of uh, issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially some that are really needed for today right now. Yes. Um, but before we get to a lot of that, just kind of fill us in. Tell us about community services, your role with the organization and just what you guys do. Sure. And thank you again, Ian, for having us here today. Um, community services basically founded in 1966. And it started with the federal administration call for a war on to declare a war on poverty. Mm. So community community services was created uh, we service 10 counties, Anderson, Collin, Denton, Ellis, Henderson, Hunt, Kaufman, Navarro, Rockwall, and Van Zandt. You got those memorized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I have to say them in alphabetical order so that I can remember <laughs> all 10 counties. But yes, and we do assist in the following areas, rental assistance, utility assistance, employment supports, um, education supports, transportation, food, and gas. Uh, these are one of the areas that we do support, um, provide support services, rather. And our ultimate mission is to empower individuals and families through partnerships and directly to help get them to self-sufficiency. So they're coming in on low economic status, social economic status, and then they're going to uh, self-sufficiency. And that's our ultimate goal. Wow. Yeah. And so tell me kind of about your role with the organization and, and um, what, what you do on a day-to-day basis. And sure. No problem. My role as a regional manager is to vet our clients upon entering our doors, whether virtual or physical, um, to determine if they're eligible for services. And so that would mean looking at um, their application and determining, hey, will we be able to assist you or will we need to refer you out to our community partners to help meet their needs? Gotcha. Yeah. So you're working directly with those people who are coming in in order yeah. to help them get those resources. Yes. So in other words, case management. <laughs> right. No, that's great. Yeah. And walking with those people through that journey. I think that's incredibly important. Yes. So you said that, you know, community services was started um, to declare war on poverty, which, first of all, is one of the coolest mission statements I think I've ever heard. I love that. Um, but declaring war on poverty, that's such a big issue um, in your in your role at your organization. What have you seen are some of the leading causes of poverty? And are there any that stand out to you as surprising or overlooked? Because I think we all kind of have an idea of what that 
could be. Um, mm-hmm. But just from you know working in the in the ways that you do, is there anything you see that kind of stands out to you? Sure. Yes. And I'm going to speak from a public health per- perspective because that's my background. Mm. Actually, um, there are several variables, and it's so cumbersome to think of how many moving pieces uh, tie into poverty. But there are some key variables that does that do resonate with me, um, such as affordability, access, socioeconomic status, education. Um, I do feel like there is that disconnect among the communities. There is a health, there is a correlation between health disparities and poverty. Explain that more. How does that disparity work? So in communities that are underserved, um, there's a lack of healthcare infrastructure more specifically in the black community and also in the Hispanic community. Mm. You notice we're in a pandemic. Right. Um, <laughs> I've, I've so, heard. <laughs> so poverty does have a, um, increased, increased risk um, to contribute to communicable diseases. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. You see higher rates of COVID-19 in the black community as opposed to in the white community. Right. Um, and so... That's where I feel uh, poverty stands. There is um, lack of access to resources and sometimes it's awareness. Um, do you know that here there's a free healthcare service here at Serve Denton? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of awareness, um, affordability, access, um, education. Some people, when you look at their education level of someone who has a bachelor's as opposed to someone who barely finished high school, they know how to. um, gravitate to these resources they know how to pull support as opposed to someone who doesn't yeah that's interesting and talking about the how the you know someone's health and access and awareness of health uh, resources can contribute to poverty in that way Um, a lot of times I think it's you know we think about just you know someone loses a job and they're not able to get another one but I mean it could be someone's health that you know Mm -hmm. like the pandemic that we're in right now if someone catches it um, there are people that are able to access health care or afford health care and they can you know do their two weeks of quarantine and be back on their feet and there's other people that that's just not possible for them right Um, and so I think it's really important to um, to talk about that and, and not overlook that reason for poverty. And also I wanted to mention that our poverty rate right now is at 10.5%, I believe, as of 2019. In Denton County? No, in terms of the United States oh, in wow. general. Okay. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and if we want to narrow it down to Texas, that's about $4 million out of the 40.6 million people. So that's an alarming rate mm-hmm. in Texas alone. That's about 10%, the 4, per, the four million out of the... 40 plus million. Yeah, wow. And it's crazy to think about just how many people are in poverty, which is why exactly what you said at the beginning of this, it's so necessary that we do declare war on poverty and we actually work to to get people out of it and get them self-sufficient. And I think that brings up kind of a, a really interesting topic. You know, when it comes to poverty, often you'll hear people talk about um, people pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whether someone said that they did that from, um, you know, when they got out of poverty themselves or Mm -hmm. that that's what people in poverty need to do, you know, is to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. I don't know a better way to put this. Is that a good way of looking at things? Um, Actually, Ian, no. From my point of view, um, Yes, we've all heard the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, get yourself up, uh, dust yourself off and try again. Um, we've all heard of that. But 
for example, the law of gravity prevents that, right? If you're looking mm. at physically, can you like pull yourself up by a bush bootstraps? No. Um, the answer is no. I've never heard of a one man army. I mean, mm. if there is, I don't know how long they'll be successful on the battlefield. Correct. Um, so I feel like it's it takes a community to really assist those impacted, especially in areas of impoverished areas. I believe it takes a community, like the adage says, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. So I strongly believe in that, and that's how we can have sustainability. Um, One famous quote that I really, really love is by the American industrialist, Henry Ford, Mm -hmm. of course, everybody knows. (laughs) Um, Coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, and working together is success. Mm. So in order to have a success story, um, longevity, it's important that we come together as a community. Yes, you can. There are some people who have picked up themselves and there are others that have not. But ultimately, I think it takes a village. I think one thing that I think that idea pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is getting at that is probably commendable is it does take um, determination. You know what I mean? To want to... um, get out of the situation that you're in and to have a better life. And I I think I understand that. But even the people that have, you know, quote, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, it's quite possible that their resources were accessible to them in a way that maybe it's not accessible for other people. You know what I mean? And so I I understand that need of having the the determination of I'm going to get out of here, I'm going to do something else. And I Mm. do think that's necessary. But there are resources available to people and that is needed in order to help people get up there. It does take a village, like what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's so great about what you do and why, I, you know, personally, I love being here at Serve Denton because there's tons of resources here oh, yes. all in one spot, you know, so <laughs> yes. you can, someone can come to you or, and you can refer them to HSNT or, or vice versa, you know, and so you are helping um, get rid of those disparities and actually help people um, help people back up to be self-sufficient so they don't have to feel that pressure to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. And I, what I want everyone to understand is that poverty has been a generational issue over the decades across countries, not just in the United States. And it's a rigid force that we as uh, a community, nonprofits, governmental organizations need to work together collectively to combat it. And to remedy the issue. And I think it's possible. Mm. Yeah, generational issue. I mean, or generational poverty. It, it can be that thing where it just, one, I mean, obviously you're you're set up in, in that way where wherever you come from. But it can also be a mentality thing, too. Of, mm-hmm. well, this is what I've come from. I'll never reach anything else. You're absolutely right. That is a important factor that a lot of people don't think about is, um, well, what have you seen? If you've seen someone uh, down the line of your family doctors, lawyers, uh, teachers, educators, you know that, hey, this is the path that seems uh, pursuable, the path that seems right, um, as opposed to someone who's taken a path less trodden, someone who's the first generation college student. Mm. They're working harder, fighting against what the odds, right? And so you see the difference or, or you look at it in a balancing beam, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the law justice system, Um more opportunities on one end as opposed to barriers on the other. Right. You know, and speaking of barriers, especially, I mean, man, we're in this pandemic and there's so much that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. The last number I checked, which is, you know, just a few days ago was 3.6 million Texans 
have filed for unemployment since the pandemic started in March, which is an insane amount of people out of their jobs. And whether you're in or out of a pandemic, having a job is necessary to being self-sufficient. You have to have that income coming in. So, I mean, now or anytime, what are some of the biggest barriers you see people running into when they're trying to find a job? Well, there is something you did say. We are still at the height of the pandemic, and I totally agree with you on that. There are so many barriers that we are still facing. One is we still don't have a vaccine. So the fear of having to go out and resume normal life or normalize situations is still in playing back in the minds of every citizen or every uh, individual, every family out here. So that's the realistic piece to it. The more pragmatic piece, um, I would say, are three different areas that will be greatly impacted. Um, lack of childcare, uh, job placement, and mental health. Lack of childcare because you have parents and multi-generational families that are making the tough decision. Do I go back to work or look for gainful employment or do I stay home and homeschool my children Mm -hmm. or my grandkids, right? That's one piece of it. So they have to make the decision, well, I'll just continue to get unemployment or just put some things around and scrape a little and just make sure my children's education is uninterrupted, right? I wanna invest in their future. Two would be job placements. A lot of companies were greatly impacted by um, shutdown. They had to close their doors permanently. You know, some people couldn't get the small business loans. And now you have a thousand applicants with a hundred jobs available, for example, Mm -hmm. right? And so how do we remedy that? That's number two. Number three would be mental health. Mental health matters. You know, a lot of people during this pandemic had to face uh, some of the issues and the fears that they had regarding their mental health status. A lot of people didn't want to be stigmatized. So they've been quiet and kept in the background all these years. And then all of a sudden something of this magnitude comes to play, right? The COVID-19 pandemic, uh, stay at home orders. And we all know that, or for some people that may not know, um, If you are experiencing depression or anxiety, staying at home behind closed doors is not the remedy for that, right? It's to get out, do activities, um, seek therapy, and so on and so forth. So this um, definitely impacted the mental health field. And I believe that some people are still struggling with that. They have to go back in the workforce, but they need to get that treated. Their mental health needs to be regarded. Okay. Otherwise, it's just going to be, ah, I get a job today, I lose it tomorrow, and vice versa. And then they're back at square one. So I believe those are the three points, job placement, mental health, and child care. Yeah, all those are such huge pillars of, of somebody being able to find a job. You know, if you have kids at home, you have to have that child care in order to be able to go out and work your, your job. And then the job placement, like you said, I mean, the, the number of businesses I know that are struggling right now or have closed down are, are huge. But because everybody's inside and their economies, you know, we don't know what the future of that looks like right now. No, but the hiring is really difficult right now, right. too. And so and the mental health. Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, Kayla Whitworth from HSNT on to talk just about that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, mental health issues have been skyrocketing since March because of all the stay at home orders and everything changing and the uncertainty. And yeah, absolutely. So with you guys at uh, Community Services, with all, uh, all, all that in mind, everything that we just talked about, generational mm-hmm. poverty, those, uh, you know, childcare, 
mental health, um, job placement, all those things. Mm-hmm. With you guys at Community Services, how are you helping those who are unemployed specifically, but really anybody who are in, in this kind of situation? How are you helping them okay. through those situations? So anyone that finds themselves in this predicament, whether it's themselves or any member of their family, one of the areas I mentioned earlier was employment supports. So we do assist them in that area when it comes to their employment needs, either referring them to temp agencies or um, doing a basic assessment to see where they are regarding their skill set. So when they come in um, requesting for employment supports, that could be in need of, well, I need gas cards to get to my interview. We um, supply that for them as long as they're eligible and fit within our criterion. Um, We also do an assessment. They're a goal tracker, um, job search log, to see, hey, how far have you gone? And we offer our own individual expertise. Hey, have you tried this? Uh, I see here that you were a leasing assistant when you were in high school and it's a few years later. Have you thought about getting a certification? Um, That will boost up your resume on Indeed, on ZipRecruiter, and so on and so forth. And we also utilize our current list of MOAs, which are mutual... um, agreements that we have with our community partners. Um, and we utilize that to refer these uh, customers out to. So you mentioned um, that that's the process that they go through, which is incredible that you guys work with them in, in those sorts of ways and help them find those jobs. Um, but if they meet, if they're eligible and meet your criteria, mm-hmm. what makes somebody eligible for your services and and meeting that criteria? That's a good question, Ian. Well, first they have to reside in one of our service areas. I mentioned earlier, we service 10 counties, Anderson, Collin, Denton, Ellis, Henderson, Hunt, Kaufman, Navarro, Rockwall, and Van Zandt. So they do have to reside in one of our service areas, one. Two, they have to be income eligible. And three, um, once they receive their application, they have to submit all supporting documents in order to be considered um, eligible. Gotcha. And what's that income eligibility? Okay. Um, Currently, I believe they've raised it to 200% above the poverty guideline. So you have to fall within that range, zero to 200. Gotcha. And so if anybody's been listening to this and they've found themselves in in the situations that we've described, any one of the number of them... um, and they need help in that area, how can they go ahead and get in touch with you? Sure. They can contact us via our agency main line at 1-800-831-9929. Again, that number is 1-800-831-9929. And then if somebody was hearing this and they wanted to help people in these situations with you guys, how would they get involved and help you all? Sure, they can visit our website at www.csicorsicana.org. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, click on the donate button, and this will take you to a secure link on another page for you to make your donation. Also, forgot to mention that you can apply online at um, www.csicorsicana.org. That's great. Beautiful. Well, this has been such a good conversation because, you know, poverty in general is such a huge topic because, it, like you said, the, the millions and millions of people just here in Texas that are experiencing poverty. Um, but it just feels so pertinent right now because um, I think there's people who are experiencing poverty for the first time that they've never they never thought they'd be in this situation, you know, and, and they find themselves there. And so I appreciate you coming in and talking about it. Rachel. Thank you. And, um, Ian, appreciate it as well. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you.
there it is, my conversation with Rachel Adetokumbo. I hope you got as much out of that as I did, learning just how complex poverty really is, and also the resources that are available to help people out of it. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to go back and take a listen to some of our past episodes. There are so many great people and organizations doing amazing work for people in need right here in Denton County. You know, my goal is to help get the word out about these resources. You know, my goal is to help get the word out about these resources so we can all be informed and ready to help when the needs arise. And that's never been more important than it is right now. So many people are finding themselves in need for the very first time, and I think it's crucial that we know how to help when we see a need. If you want to find even more resources, go to our website, servedenton.org, and click the Find Help Here button at the top to see a bigger list of local resources. I'll be back next week with another great conversation. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you get the episodes automatically. But until then, thanks for listening. And I will see you again next week.